to the left, Pellegrini inside, Pizarro Golasso, Pizarro Golasso. Here's the goal scorer, Morgan, and he's done it again. Lewis Morgan with a second of the match. He won't have to oh, he's framed the top 90. It's a sensational first goal for Gonzalo Higuain. I never thought that I would be able to say like, I have my favorite bowler in the sport of bowling. But I must say, after realizing that the game uh, started at, at 430 and was pushed back a little bit to conclude whatever professional bowling association event was going on, that man with the fresh 80s perm in his yellow and purple jumpsuit rocking his WWE belt and talking smack to the WWE stars. That's right. He's a bowler. That dude is my new favorite professional bowler. And everyone should have that type of enthusiasm in whatever you're doing in this world. You know who he reminded me of? Who? Will Ferrell from Semi-Pro. Yes, Jackie something. I can't. Yeah, yeah, from the Flint trial. He also reminds me of, um, was it like, it was, I want to feel like there's like an arcade fighting game that had a guy like that. Or maybe it was like SSX Tricky, like the snowboard game. But I've definitely seen that fro guy in some sort of digital form before. What a character. Like, I wanted to invite him to my wedding. He might be in that work, those workout videos too. What are Yo, Richard Simmons. Yeah, that's, what, yeah, <laughs> that's what I'm talking about. He had to get up at everything. That thing was a full-blown jumpsuit, and I know what I'm being for Halloween. I, I, dude, like, he just brings a level of enthusiasm. It was like, enthusiasm. It was like watching, um, what was that movie? Is that show Kingpin or whatever? The, the bowling movie? Like, just playing a normal guy. Like, he was bald guy. Just normal, quiet bowler. Like, you'd see at any probably bowling alley and then he just comes in like super flash and he's like bro what the hell i mean that was that was fortunate right i think everyone's a little bummed the game didn't start as much as we thought that it would but we got to witness that we could have switched it to something like the wmba and really been clawing our eyes out and that little like the closing like image where he's like pointing (laughs) at the camera with his fro pick (laughs) this dude is wild no the best was the two pats on the ass when he was walking by the guy he just beat (laughs) that was uh for being upset, the game was slightly uh, delayed. I honestly thought I was gonna kick it off at four. I was like, all right, that just made up for whatever sadness I was experiencing. But enough about bowling. We're here to talk about football. Welcome to the Inner Miami Podcast. I am Jake Kington. I have to my right, mi derecha, Senor Alex Papa George. How you doing today, buddy? Bueno, bueno. Como esta, sir? Okay, let's, just, let's pump the brakes here before we start butchering things. Good, because that's about all I know. <laughs> we'll be in it, too. I'm, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But, uh, <laughs> man, I'll tell you what. It's, it, it's We said it before, but it's a lot more enjoyable doing these shows coming off a win than, uh, than a draw or a loss. I'll tell you that much. There's no question about it. And Jay and myself were actually talking about... About Mark Anthony, who is at the last home match. And it actually spurred a question, Jay. We've had... Tom Brady. We've had Mark Anthony. We probably had a few other stars. Tyson Fury. Tyson Fury. The Gypsy King in his, dare I say, purple and yellow jacket. Let me ask you this question. If you were to go out with any celebrity, any celebrity at all for one night in Miami, who would that be? You know who I think would be a lot of fun? Riff Raff. (laughs) (laughs) 
like undeniably have a lot of, I'm sure there's more cool and interesting, intriguing people, but like if I just wanted to have fun and like really just have some, some laughs, I just imagine riffraff being there would be a treat. Well, you know, you, you never cease to amaze me, sir. There, there, there's no doubt. I was thinking though, what about Pitbull? Pitbull should get on Imagine board that if party. he's not already. I, I, you know, Pitbull's kind of ran his course. I feel like you don't really see him too much, but you might as well get on get on par there. He's Mister Three Hundred Five. It is, sir. But hey, anyway, jumping into today's show, we have an action-packed episode for everyone. We have a short little chat about the debacle in Montreal, or I'm sorry, in Fort Lauderdale versus Montreal. Do we have to? Right? No, why not? Why not just touch on it? I mean, listen, (laughs) the team needed to win us back, and boy, did they ever! But damn, that was just super disappointing. Uh, incredibly disappointing. The worst half I've seen this team play. The worst half I've probably seen any team play in a long, long time. And you know what? That's our short chat about the debacle <laughs> with Montreal. Poor so. passing, poor possession. We knew in the first like five minutes this was not going to go our way. Uh, I mean, we complete, almost dealt with a riot, you know, outside the stadium, to yeah, be honest with you. Yeah, but complete lack of calmness. Uh, we could not press. They were so much more calm, just easy balls, quick and easy balls to break down our defense. And then we would get a little bit flustered and just try and bomb a long ball with the hopes that Lewis could get to the end of it. Horrible, horrible. Um, man, I mean, you even had to tell me to calm down. Yes, I had to tell you calm down a few times, actually. Yeah. But think you hit the nail on the head, sir. This was one of those games that just felt like our team, and it was actually evident in the Cincinnati game as well, that we don't like being pressured. Simply enough, we do not like when people get in our face. And that game was a clear, clear reflection of that. And it's something that we really got to work on. I mean, you know, whenever John's dealing with the ball, it seems like now that the, the, the front line's packing up. So it's going to be something to keep an eye on. Yeah, I mean, I talked about this on Red Card Radio with Austin Robillard over the weekend. Um, and I actually referenced, uh, I mean, a great article that, that uh, Bruno Panizzo uh, wrote. And in there, what really stuck out is he had a quote from Mill Trap after he left. Uh, and it said that this group is a collection of individuals. And what he's saying there is like, they're not a team. It's too many personalities, not playing cohesive. And we really saw it then. The only positive, the only thing that brought a smile to my face was that when you're in such an unbearable situation, the fans were making me laugh with some of the clever insults they were throwing at either the refs or Montreal, but a lot of them directed it into Miami. And that made me smile about as equally as uh, hearing Ray Hudson say it's a, it's the landlord versus the tenant and the tenant beat us. Well, let's not forget about the hot dog that you did get at the stadium too. Did I eat a hot dog? Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. That always brings a smile to your face there. It does. <laughs> That's the, <laughs> that in, uh, in beer, it was a night game and I was ready for a good night and, uh, didn't go our way. So yeah, without, what, what did I tell you about like an hour or two before the game? I was like, dude, I'm not going to get drunk. Yeah. Fast <laughs> forward, rain, rain delay. We're over here at Jay's place pouring the bourbon. Yeah. Late so, night. <laughs> so to be fair, we did not stick it out to the two hour delay. I'm a father. Uh, we both had to work in the morning. And so we decided, you know, we stayed there for probably what, like 45 minutes or something, decided to leave. And then again, if you don't know, now, you know, I'm from Kentucky. I keep a stockpile of bourbon and, uh, that's kind of right where we went. And, um, yeah, it was, uh, that kind of made up for it. I will say they played better in their second half, but still, um, 
very, very mad. And without, you know, triggering me again, uh, let's just move on from this subject and talk about uh, a little bit of good that we have to talk about. Perfect. Well, we do have a killer win that we came off of three, two against Cincinnati ruining their stadium opener. Like how, how good does that get? We jumped on the Cincinnati podcast was that last week and we were talking about this event and they were pretty jazzed up about this new stadium and we told them we're we're coming and get the dub we both thought it was going to be a 2-1 victory obviously not correct in that but we were right in the win for three points for inner miami and to be fair i think the cincinnati podcast we were on was <laughs> i think they've or one picked them to lose i think one picked a, a draw or whatever but um yeah, so, you know, with this, I'm going to preface this entire conversation with, but it's only Cincinnati. I mean, this is the worst team in the league, has been for the past several years. So while this is a much needed win, and I was really uh, happy in the late stages of the game when I thought we were going to be walking out with, with just a draw, I'm happy that they were able to really get it together, play as a team, play for each other, and get a winning goal. But I will be dropping little tidbits of, but it's just Cincinnati throughout this probably. But it's just Cincinnati, but it's also three points. And who knows if we're tied that late in the game and have what happened to us last year go down, we not inch out those three points and pull in that one. So whether it's Cincinnati, whether it's, you know, LA FC, whether it's don't matter, we're picking up those wins and that's great. And, mm -hmm. you know, we do have the Chicago fire coming up next. That is an away match. So that will be an away match this coming weekend. And then we are back for our next home match against who is that DC United? Correct. All righty. Well, that's where we are right now. And I mean, Jay, why don't you go ahead and jump us on to team news? Yeah, so just some updates on the team. Um, obviously, we've been dealing with some injuries. The good news is that uh, the vertigo must have gone away for Julian Carranza because we did have him back. He actually was uh, subbed on towards the uh, the end of the game. Uh, I want to say the like 78th minute. Yeah, they... Uh, um, subbed him on for Federico. So it was good to see him getting uh, his feet under him again. We do need to continue to develop him if we're going to get his full potential. We paid quite a bit of money for that young man and he needs experience. And I'm sure he doesn't want to be loaned out to Fort Lauderdale CF to get that. So I really want to see him being, uh, if, if he doesn't, if he's not being substituted, I want to see him get a start. We got to get him some minutes, get him some play. But we do have some players that were still out. Uh, Calvin Leardon was out, uh, Nico Fagal, and Robbie Robinson, both nursing those hamstrings. I would have to imagine we're kind of on the closing end of those injuries. So I would expect them back uh, sooner than later. But that's really the majority of the updates. Uh, not too eventful throughout the week. Um, although they did release a pretty dope love wins, uh, which I believe is for um, not only gay pride, but uh, LGBTQ plus all in uh, all inclusively. It's like a rainbow tie dye training kit. I really like it. I will definitely be scooping one up. Personally, can't wait for Robbie Robinson to get back on this club. See how his injury is doing. I mean, both dealing with hammies and Nico. I mean, back line's a little suspect as it is, but I mean, mm -hmm. even as we watch these back line, I, I, I just have in the back of my head, you know, this isn't our complete defense, right? We got Gibbs coming over in the summertime. And we potentially have reinforcements in the goalkeeper position too. So we are still, you know, gaining speed and we're gaining credibility in this league. And we got some uh, people coming in to give us some backup. Yeah, I, I think we've done an okay job of plugging those holes. I think we could do better for sure. But we're also experiencing really what it's like to not have Nico, who has been... 
I think he played almost every single, not every minute, but um, every game for us last year. I mean, he is really the staple of our defense along with uh, Gonzalez Perez. But uh, I'll tell you what, you keep mentioning it. I don't want to steal your thunder, but your boy, Shawcross, keeps stepping up when he needs to step up. Mm-hmm. No, I mean, he... In all honesty, I think he has been the person who has caught my eye the most. And sure, he got crushed in the Montreal game, but who didn't? But yeah. you saw this game in this last match against Cincinnati. And we're talking about the match here upcoming. But just the defense that he put on Brenner, it seemed like the entire match. I mean, Brenner's one of the highest paid players in the MS, MLS over from Brazil. And it just shows you how his dominance are. And I mean, just looking at the guy out there, he's just by far the largest human being when... He's standing out there, so it's kind of crazy to see his stature versus everybody else. Shawcross has been playing great. There is, you know, an argument to be made that his man marking was a little lax on that uh, second goal by Nick Haglund, but that dude came in like a rocket, hit a laser of a header, full speed, great jump. Can't put too much blame on him uh, for that goal, but overall, it's a good addition. Yeah, I mean, listen, if you want to knock the guy on the Joseph Martinez goal, then... I 100% agree with you, but I think outside of that match and probably the Montreal one, I think that the guy has played pretty stand up, especially being the first time in the MLS and he's had some wear and tear on those legs too. So we'll see how he holds up over this season, but you know, Hey, it's good to have him on the club and you know, let's kind of get into this match a little bit here. Jay, this was about a coaching match first and foremost. Talk to me about that relationship. Yeah, really, really great. Uh, obviously, Neville, and um, I'm drawing a, a blank on the uh, FC Cincinnati coaches. I want to say Diop, but it's not Diop. Uh, but they played together at uh, at Manchester United uh, for three years. They won three EPL uh, championships. And this was really the first time that they probably have seen each other in quite some time, but certainly the first time they've gone against each other uh, in a in a coaching perspective. But overall, I mean, hey, we'll take this. It's, it's Yop Stomp. I was thinking Diop. Uh, Yop Stomp. Diop's the goalkeeper for Montreal. That, that's why. Uh, so, yeah, Yop Stomp and, and Phil Neville. This was uh, the first of probably many rivalries until one of them is, is either moves on or fired. You can tell there was a little exchange there at the end. Both coaches, just their personalities are super fired up, it seems like, all the time. And, you know, nobody's going to enjoy a, a, an L, especially to an old mate especially like that i mean even david beckham comes into play because he was on the same team so you know that there was some text messages exchanged mm-hmm. before and yep, after yep. right i mean like <laughs> how could it not i mean shoot but they're both these are two players who played at a very high level and both played under sir alex ferguson regarded as uh the, the best coach really of all time in the the epl so these guys come from a pedigree and both of these people have chances to build something great you yeah. know, too. Cincinnati is still a newish team. I think they've only been in the MLS. I think this is the third season in total uh, before getting called up from the USL League. So these clubs are establishing themselves as it is. And, you know, hey, as they look to establish themselves, I know this graphic flashed across the screen. Most people saw it. I know our Discord blew up with it, kind of talking about it. But Talked about the highest guaranteed compensation in the MLS today, looking at it team by team and who those top five teams were in 2021. And of course, there we are, Inter-Miami number one with $17.8 million. That's guaranteed money in 2021 compensation. Second 
looking at Toronto FC with 17 million. Third, LA Galaxy. Fourth, Atlanta United. And then fifth is actually FC Cincinnati. So both of these teams are pretty heavy duty when it comes to the salary. I'm going to consider that a statistic, which means that we are uh, number one on at least one statistic out there. You're absolutely right. Um, yeah, that's actually a good way to think about it, Jay. That might be the only thing in the league that we are number one in. And probably yellow cards. Probably. Oh, I like it. Cliffhanger. Stay tuned to later in the show. Hey. Got some level two data coming at you. We call that foreshadowing. All right, Jay. I know you have no idea about this, so I got to put you on the spot. Who is our fifth highest paid player on this club right now? Our fifth highest? Fifth highest paid player. Are you excluding Pella uh, Messi? I may or may not. I'm oh, not excluding dear. him because there, that wouldn't be fair. <laughs> I would say it's got to be Julian Carranza, who would be just below Mateus Pellegrini, or I want to say below Julian Carranza would be Lewis Morgan. Impressive, sir. You were slightly off. Mateus Pellemessi is the fifth highest player, play player on the team. Mm. So mm. we got the fifth highest paid player on the team, not even on the team right now. Yeah. That's unbelievable. Bro, he's the most expensive USL League One player in the history. <laughs> get this. And then second, we have Julian Carranza, who is just dealing with vertigo. We, You got to look at this as, you know, certain assets. And we have two of our top six assets that really don't play on this club that much. Yeah. yeah and yeah, then yeah. this last game, we have to add on Rodufo Pizarro. Imagine how much he's getting paid. $3.35 million a year. This is that, a winning strategy. That's a, that's a lot of... That's a lot of money sitting on your bench right now. We're not even dressed in uniform. We got the dub. We did get the dub. And hey, if we want to hold our hat on that, you know, we're, we're, we're more than welcome to. But, you know, it's something to take a look at as we are spending money hand over fist, which is what a fan base loves to see from management and bringing in the components like we just Mr. want to see Henderson. the results. Well, we're getting there. I mean, hey, right now, if you look at it. We are tied for third on the Eastern Conference. And sure, we're joined by about six other teams, but we are tied for third with eight points right now. But to be fair, teams two through four, Orlando, New York City FC, and Atlanta United have only played five games, whereas we played six. So technically, you're right, but that will change, I'm sure, very soon. Let me ask you this, just for fun. Who is the fourth highest paid player on the team? So sitting above Pella Messi and then Carranza. Um, Belay's my tweet. Third highest, sir. LGP sitting at a cool million right now. I thought he was like nine hundred thousand. What's what isn't um isn't Matuidi like one point five million? Well, we gotta talk about base salary. Are these from or last year or this year? Compensation two thousand twenty one. There's a difference between guaranteed. Oh, and base. okay, okay, okay. Yeah. So that's how you're getting me. Okay. Yes, sir. We're talking about guaranteed. You're playing dirty over here. I'm trying to a little bit, but anyway, I thought that was kind of fascinating. There, uh, bringing it back to the game, we had mentioned it, but it was the first time really that the fans got to see FC Cincinnati, or at least in numbers, there was about six thousand or so people in the stadium. You know, again, nobody brings it like La Familia, but they were loud and we'll give them credit on that. But we can't wait to play them down in our neck of the woods, especially as we open this thing up to full capacity. And I mean, props to them. We have been conditioned as Inter Miami fans of waiting long periods of time to be able to participate in something. 
And that stadium, I believe, took a little over two years to build. So they've been waiting on that for a while. I'm sure that was probably a very amazing feeling from the FC Cincinnati fans to finally be able to go into TQL Stadium. They said it was something like a $250 million renovation or so in that construction project. Yeah. Unbelievable. But it looks gorgeous. I mean, the shots that they were doing zoomed out and Mm -hmm. overlooking the actual city down there. Looked beautiful. I mean, it did. I mean, sure, it's summertime in May. You know, show me that in, you know, early January, <laughs> you know, late November. And I'm sure it's going to be singing a different tune. But right just now to put beautiful. that into perspective, do you know how much Inter Miami Stadium cost to build? Man, that's tough. Let's go ahead and say 30 million. No, a little too low. 60 million, though. 60. Okay. Okay. 60 million. Well, that's also not supposed to be our exact goal. You know, we are supposed that's to. That's not Miami game. Freedom Park. Exactly. You know, that's really going to be, you know, I, I know a lot of people are pumped for that drive down to Miami, but Jay and I, that's really going to throw a wrench in inside of our schedules here. We're going to be Tri Rail and uh, Brightline probably just starting the party early maybe, on the way down. Maybe we should just like get a bus like college style and just like bring everyone down and just drop them all off and just take them all back. Dude, up. party but party shuffle the yeah. shuttles. That would be definitely for the supporters groups. Man, that'd be a good time. God forbid a cop pulls one of them over. God forbid. <laughs> Who knows? The cop might be an inner Miami fan. Cop would step up. on and be yeah. like, nah, screw this. I'm out. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, bringing it back to the match here. One quick tidbit that I found fascinating. I found this fascinating, Jay. We played a goalie this game, Kenneth Vermeer, who was picked off of waivers earlier this week. He was splitting times with LAFC. And, you know, our goalie position is a big question mark, but not as big of a question mark that they have. That's truly fascinating stuff right there, bud. That is. <laughs> but And in addition to that, they picked up Jeff Cameron, uh, who just came in this week. And there was one, their other center back. I think this was his first start. So they literally had their two center backs and their, their goalkeeper with like their first start. So it's kind of tough <laughs> when those are your uh, newcomers, but you got to give them credit. I mean, they fought. They 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 attempted to make a comeback, and uh, we were just able to uh, to kill the game off and uh, get that last goal, which was something that we we really lacked. I don't know if we see this last year. I think once they equalize, and we'll get into more detail of how this played out. I, th- I think last year our players probably just give up there. We also saw a new lineup out there. What do you think of it? I liked the new lineup. So same formation, but as far as lineup goes, right? So still four two three one. I don't know why. No one in our Discord knows why Uyoya keeps starting as a right back, but I guess we're dealing with injury, so plug in play. Anyway, Uyoya on the right, Shaw Cross and LGP as our center backs. And here is the nice addition. I know Than was super, super happy about this because he has been eyeing Sammy Gadiri since last year on Fort Lauderdale CF. And he finally got his uh, first start, if I'm not mistaken. He's 23 years old. I think he played a hell of a game. For that being your first game, he was willing to get up there and, and attack, uh, get in there to, to, to try and get some some service into the box, and then kept it the same throughout the midfield with Matuidi and, and Grigore and their their double pivot. Uh, if this is what I wanted to see, and you know people might hate me for it, people might love me for it, but Pizarro got benched. 
Now, maybe maybe he wasn't fit, or maybe there's another reason, but Federico got his start as the came, which is what we've been wanting to see, had a spectacular impact on the game, flanked by Morgan on his right per usual. On the left, we got our boy, uh, I call him the Blood Viking, <laughs> Conga Man calls him uh, the Lizard King, but <laughs> we're talking about Breck Shea, and uh, it was funny because we were in the middle of the Montreal games, we were just getting smacked, I just... Breck was the only one making plays, and I just like just kept yelling. That's he's our best player, and uh, there may have been a few words left out of that, but uh, yeah, yeah, that was edited for the uh, for the <laughs> for the, uh, the, the FCC airwaves or whatever. <laughs> um, and then I posted this start. And by the way, uh, Gonzalo Iguain up top, right? So the Iguain brothers, I like them playing together. Let's start more games with them if possible. Shea can rotate in there with Pizarro if, if needed. But I, I made a I shared the lineup, and someone was like, "Oh no, not Breck again!" I was like, "What do you mean, not Breck, dude? Breck's awesome." And then uh, it was like what at the seventh minute, and he scored. And then uh, shortly later, I got a notification. Yeah. It was like, oh, I guess I owe you a beer. <laughs> but yeah. uh, I, I mean, honestly, the Federico change was needed. Like. It was different. Pizarro mm-hmm. needed to sit down. We needed we we just needed as a fan base to see how this team played with Federico put in the starting lineup. And shit, man. I mean, I'd rather play games, you know, jumping up on teams early than playing catch up from behind. And that's what we did. Yeah, and you know, I understand that Breck Shea might not be, you know, the most talented person in the MLS. Like, right, he's not really like a starter per se, but he always steps up when we need him. The dude just has a nose for the ball. He really does. Like that goal off the ball from where get get around the defender in between the defender and the keeper and just get one of those long tarantula legs to it. There was a time last year that Breck Shea quite possibly was our MVP. Yeah, yeah, 100%. If Lewis didn't go on the absolute tear that he did, Breck Shea very well. And who Breck did get injured. Well, Lewis started every game. Yeah, so Breck was injured. If Breck plays the whole season, who knows? That guy just somehow always scores. I mean, all all held the Lizard King. The Lizard King. I like that. I like that. The Lizard King. He's the type of guy you see at a Florida bar at nine in the morning just ripping darts and drinking like bud heavies chain smoking cigarettes he's got like that 80s like punk rock mullet and i love it (laughs) he does seem like he'd be pulled right out of the 80s yeah 100 percent, dude like favorite movie's probably top gun without a doubt jay why don't you go ahead and break down the stats uh so the stats here uh, as far as possession we did better on possession we're still not winning though which is is frustrating especially against a, a team like fc cincinnati but uh cincinnati 53 percent possession inter miami 47 percent total shots here we go shots 11 for cincinnati with five of those being on goal 10 total shots for inter miami with seven of those being on goal so if you're not good with fractions or divisions we had the uh, the better line right there. Now, as far as fouls goes, quite a few in this game. 16 for Cincinnati, 17 for Miami. Five yellow cards for Cincy, three for Miami. No red cards in the game. Love to see that. Each team had two offsides. Each team had seven corner kicks. And Cincinnati had four saves, whereas Big John McCarthy had three saves. Big John. We're going to get into Big John. John's been a hot topic. This are we in? Are we done with the first quarter of the season, or are we kind of right around that point right now? Oh shit! Thirty-four games. No, we're not. We're not. We're not. We're not even there yet. Yeah, we're not even to a quarter yet. No, but 
a quarter know, would be seven. So we want, and after the next game, yes, you could say we're a quarter through. You know, like we previously just said, like just the injection that of math doesn't even add up. No, sometimes we are a quarter through. I don't even know what you're talking the, about. Yeah, this was a quarter through, right? It's 12, 12 times 12, 12. No, my math is full. I think you're way off. <laughs> oh, not this is not the episode no. for quick math. No, this at is like all. It's like one. I'm not even going to do it. 17. I mean, technically, carry the four, nine, nine games after the ninth game. All right, let's just move on. People don't want to hear us math. They're probably already to the conclusion. But talking about Federico, you know, let's just do that every game, right? I mean, listen, I hate to put, you know, our third highest player on the bench who is our DP, but if we're going to play like that versus what we've seen already thus far this season, like, shit, why am I, might as well do it. But it kind of goes back to that point. I'd rather be playing from ahead than behind. And if that's going to require Federico to play in the beginning, then that's something we got to do. And we got to make the proper adjustments in the back end of the game where it's one, one or two, two, or even two, one and trying to take home that W over the finish line. Agree wholeheartedly with that. That's basically my thoughts is if we're going to have to start, let's say hypothetically either at a start one or sub one on, right? I think it would be a better idea to start with Fede. Um, he, you know, he's older, 36 years old, so he'll probably be ready to come off at like 50 or 60th minute. And what kind of better weapon to have on your bench coming on than one of the hottest up-and-coming Mexican soccer players to come and kill a game and finish a game off for you? It worked out. I'm sure Pizarro obviously doesn't share the same sentiment as me, but you know, it's a team game, and, and again, I, I want to see – Federico start. I honestly want to see Pizarro start in his natural position as left wing. And then based off how it's going, we could always sub on, uh, you know, Breck Shea for Federico, say like the 55th or 60th minute, and then rotate um, Pizarro back into the camera and then give the wing to Breck Shea just to make that work. But Phil Neville's going to have to figure that out because it seems like every time Federico steps on the field, good things happen. And we didn't really see a lot of that last year. I understand he came over mid-season, uh, but I'm really happy to see he's still producing. And don't forget, yeah, he's not his brother. He's not Gonzalo, who's played for the biggest clubs in Europe. But he's had a stellar career, a high-level career in the MLS. And we're seeing, uh, you know, he's still got it, man. Like, I don't know how much longer he'll go, but we'll see. Super important to see how... Phil Neville handles this Pizarro situation. You know, we've talked about it last podcast and, you know, Pizarro and Diego had that relationship at Monterey before, right, in the Mexican League. And he was brought into Inter Miami to be kind of a cornerstone piece. I actually think he was the first DP we ever signed, if I'm not mistaken, for this club. And now we're dropping a designated player, DP, down to the bench to not even play. And I think there's some point we're going to see him injected in the match a little bit earlier. I think that it was a little bit late. You even saw Pizarro warming up on the sideline. He went and took a seat right next to Phil after a few minutes and they brought in that next batch of subs. But, you know, dealing with that mental, I guess, relationship and that, that personal relationship right now where they need to kind of mend, talk about what's going on and put the team first, right? And figuring out that side of it is going to be very, very important to the success of this team because we simply cannot have $3.5 million and one of our designated players on the bench writing the season out. We cannot. I mean, he was our first, uh, you know, real designated player, right? Obviously, Maddie was the, the young designated player yes. uh, who was you know, the, the first signing. But it's tough, but, like, it worked. <laughs> you know, like, as, as crazy as that sounds. And 
as much as Pizarro's not gonna be happy about it, or probably the 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 front office for paying that much money. He looked great at the beginning of the season. These past couple of games, he he looked lost out there. So, you know, we'll, we'll continue to develop. But I still think that Phil Neville is trying to figure out the best 11 he could put on the field. Well, I mean, like, it's tough to argue when Federico is dropping dimes like he is to to his brother, right? That little back kick pass to lead to Feder- or to, to Gonzalo's mm-hmm. goal was just absolutely beautiful. And the reality is Pizarro's not making that play. He is not making that play. He's catching the ball and he's turning up the field, not looking to be attacking. He's not 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 looking for the offense right now. And this yeah, is not good. It, it honestly might be like a lack of confidence thing, because Federico seems much more decisive with what he's doing. Like he sees the opening, he, he like sees the run, almost. he can time it up, and he's just he's just calm in that role. Now, to be fair, he's ten more years of experience and, and ten more years of experience in the MLS than than Rodolfo. I'm not ready to sign off on on on, on Pizarro. I still love Pizarro. He's still the Joker. Still rock his jersey. Uh, but, yeah, we're going through a, a kind of a discovery phase here. But I don't ever see a game where he's not playing. I mean, even if he's subbed on, you know, in the second half, he can still come on and make an impact, especially with the legs he does have. If there's anything that boy has got is legs. He can run and run and run. And you're coming on late in the second half or mid-second half. The other team's going to start to be a little gassed, and you can really start to uh, impose your will. I- I mean, there's not a world out there that you cannot play Pizarro to a capacity. Mm-hmm. There's, there's just not a chance. So if you're sitting there thinking pissed off and be like, oh, sit this guy. You just cannot do that. It, 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 the success of this team is not going to happen like that. Because then you start thinking about the longevity of the season, right? Do you think Federico is going to stay healthy and be able to play in every single match and start every match and, and put those types of wear and tear on his body? I don't think so. And again, I come back to... Stars got to be stars. Mm-hmm. That's why they're paid the big bucks. I'm looking at the sheet again right now, and Federico's getting paid $80,000. $80,000, which is a steal for what Brecht's like 50000 was last year. But that cannot happen. And if we're going to get to the next level, right, when we're going to advance through the playoffs and hit, you know, the quarters or the semis and actually make some noise, then Pizarro has to be a part of that. Or, you know, we, we got to make moves. I agree. I agree. But the good thing about this game was that we didn't struggle really in the attack. We were able to come out and and started producing chances and offense right away. But it's just Cincinnati. But at least we're trending in the right direction. Good news is we got to celebrate three goals. One by our boy Breck and two by our boy Gonzalo Higuain. Super stoked to see him get two goals that was the first time he has ever done that in a match scored two goals in one game that puts him at four goals for the season thus far that is four times the amount of goals than he had last year jay yeah yeah and it's impressive but most notably this is the first time he scored from the run of play uh previously everything had been you know off a set piece you had his uh free kick last year beautiful rocket uh, and then you had the cross from Federico where he scored. And then uh, what was the other one? A, a corner, I believe. So it's really nice to see him be able to, you know, kind of like we said with with Lewis, you just had to get that first one and the rest will come. Well, he got that first one. I'm talking about from the run of play. Uh, he got that first one. And then the second one came before the end of the game. So very happy to see that. And at least because everyone was saying like, he's not producing for the money, at least, for now, that conversation 
can be tabled. Well, right now he is sandwiched right in between two players from NYCFC for a three-way tie for the third leading score in the MLS right now. So yep. the dude is putting in numbers. He's he's doing exactly what we want and need him to do. And let's just hope that he continues this. Self-correction. My brain is not operating today. It was not off a corner. It was the penalty against LA Galaxy. That was his third set-piece goal. Good correction, sir. But uh, moving on, let's uh, let's take a few minutes. Talk about Breck. Oh, Breck. Outstretched goal. He is like literally the Kevin Durant of the MLS. The dude has length. Uh, ball came in from the right side. Uh, passed to, uh, to Gregore, who then... Yeah, there's probably like a little little eye contact, little nod, like, yeah, you go do that. And then he serves the ball in there. And I honestly did not think that Breck was going to get to this ball, but he got around the defender, kind of bodying him with, with his left arm and just reaches out his right foot to just connect with the ball, basically pushing it through Vermeer's um, legs for, for a beautiful, beautiful goal. And, man, like I, I screamed and it startled Chloe. So you think – Breck Shea is the Kevin Durant of the MLS. I was thinking more of like no, no, the build, the build. Oh, okay. No, no, okay. he's definitely like, not like he's not more a, like he's, the Donis Haslam. Or he's something not an like. all star. Yeah, 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 dude. He's probably the Javel McGee, the Chris Bosh. Yeah, he's uh, he's he's lanky out there, man. But he makes it work, and you know, you want to think like a six three three dude like rumbling down would just be able to like shake your boots off, but the, the man's got some some nice footwork. Uh, but outside of that, I mean, it seemed like we had constant pressure uh, from an, an offensive standpoint, which was nice to see. I get it. It's just Cincinnati. But at some we've struggled against teams that haven't been too great that we've lost to. It's just nice to know that we can do it. Yeah. You know, like for sure. It's just reassuring. You know, sometimes when you just get smacked down so many times, it's just hard to get up until you just have some good shit happen to you. And that's what happened to us, man. For sure. And I mean, we've just discussed Federico, but it's very clear that, you know, he had an impact from the start and I think he's earned a, a second start. And I hope that's in the, the, the middle, middle of the, uh, you know, the, the midfield, the cam role there. And, um, I don't know what else to, to say. I think that we're getting confidence after a win like this, this was kind of a make or break game. You know, we lose this and that's really going to destroy our confidence. Listen, I don't think it was a coincidence that our team was aggressive out there. I think that that was purely off the, the emotion potentially of the brothers starting, but there's no doubt Federico had his foot print all over this game. Yes, correct. And you know, to be fair, right. I mean, Gonzalo's mother, did just pass. So I'm sure that's been tough on both of them, but now, you know, a couple of weeks pass, I, you know, I think they're starting to kind of harness that and then focus that into the game. And that's something that's beautiful to see. Well, Phil Neville talked about that this week. I think it was actually after the match too, just about how that toll he could see building on, yeah. you know, Gonzalo specifically, but both of them, I mean, shit, like, cause Neville lost, I think his, his mother or his father, one of them, but he was saying like, if, if you haven't gone through that, it's tough to put into words. Yeah, we, I mean, let's flew halfway across the world to go do that, come back for the game, had an emotional 
victory come back from behind victory you, you know as they tag teamed it together and went into mls history and you know hopefully uh you know we hope that they're doing okay you know as people right you know beyond the pitch and just hoping that their family matters are are in order and you know that they're doing all right yes i mean the family unit is a, a very big thing in latin culture and of course it's going to make it a little bit easier when the brothers can be together right yeah. i mean they're on the same team so uh you know our continued love and support for for the Iguain brothers and um I really think this is a, a turning point for them. Yeah, but you know, there is one player, Jay, that we have not talked about, sir, and he's a he's a big supporter of the podcast. And he's a he's a big fan. He's the postman. He's Lewis Morgan. He had two assists. Always in attack mode. Always giving a hundred percent effort. Those two assists actually put him tied for second in the MLS with three assists this year's this year. Although it is a five way tie. Not bad. We got a few players leading the league in a few key statistics. That is and Lewis. Before we leave this, up? Gonzalo Higuain, MLS player of the week, not just on the team of the week, player of the week. First time an Inter Miami player has won that award. Hmm. You don't say. Yeah. All right. Well, hey, you know what that, you know what that gives us time to do? I beat you to it. <laughs> I wish I you could see his face right now. Dude, I was scanning <laughs> through my board like, oh, shit, where is it? Where is it? Uh, oh, man, it's I great. almost hit you with a... <laughs> this just gets funner and funner each time. <laughs> more fun and more fun. Oh, don't even man. know grammar. Listen, or biology. I mean, like... Or math. How did you make it this far? <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. Oh, man. But anyway, we had talked about it. The impact that Federico had was obvious. Now, one part that I liked when we talked, just wrapping this whole thing up, is just that the fact that Federico doesn't give up on the ball. I don't know if you saw the 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 first goal that we put in with Breck, uh, Gregory putting that ball behind the defense, Greg making out, or I'm sorry, Breck making an outstanding play to put the ball in the back of the net. But Federico was actually pissed off, mm -hmm. you know, waving his hands like we know that we like to do. And there was a point that I thought that he was going to give up on the play, but he didn't. He actually pushed back up closer to Gregory to open up a passing lane open to him. But when he saw that, the back line actually moved up with Federico. And that actually allowed Breck to get one-on-one -on -one in the back post. And, you know, Hats off to Breck for making one hell of an athletic play, but that doesn't happen if Federico doesn't make that effort play. It doesn't, but rewinding about five to seven seconds from that goal, there was a play Gregory made in the midfield that a lot of players would not have made, but he is a, a pit bull. He is tenacious, and there was a ball, and the ball was coming in, and there was a defender the ball was going or, or one of the FC Cincinnati players rather. And most players would just go up, you know, maybe get a hand on their back and, and, and try and stop them from getting around. Gregory actually ran around the defender, got in front of him and chested the ball forward to basically win that possession back, service it down to the right wing and then ran down to the right wing to get involved and ultimately made the cross. And he is beautiful, beautiful service from really anywhere on the pitch. So hell of a play by Gregory. He really, is the reason that goal was able to occur. He's making plays up and down this pitch for us, and the level of enthusiasm and energy in the right place in the right time and just swag, as we say it, right? Like, he just brings a certain type of swag he to does. the team, and it just starts with the amount of effort that he puts out there on the pitch. Yeah, if you haven't already, go watch his highlights from Bahia. It is very, very impressive, the, the, the types of plays 
he can make. And there's also a little rumor we might be getting an old Chelsea baller, David Luiz, but uh, we'll get into that later, or David Luiz, rather. Uh, but, yeah, still, I mean, Gregory, hell of an aggressive game. Um, a bad penalty for, you know, with a few minutes left in the game, but whatever. He plays with such a passion. It's, it's very nice. And Matuidi was uh, a little more quiet than we'd like to see, you know, in this match. But, I mean, he's kind of a target. They, they really do like like hitting him. So he's going to have to continue to get better. I mean, everyone's going to have to continue to get better. This is just the start of the direction we need to be in. I mean, it's the start of something good, and hopefully we continue to get these wins underneath our belt and put together our first winning streak against Chicago, or I'm sorry, yeah, no, Chicago this coming week here. So, and then DC, like we could, there is a, a reasonable chance that we have a three game win streak. I mean, if we can focus, there's a road to sitting at first in the East by the end of two weeks from now. Technically, you know, I like to gamble. Technically, but yeah, there is a, I mean, it, it would depend on what happens with New England Revolution and, of course, uh, the other teams that still have a game to play. But, but as you tell me every week, this is the MLS and crazy shit happens. Yeah, any, literally anything can happen in this league. But, uh, you know, moving on, we're going to talk about the the goals. So this is kind of heartbreaking, right? We go up 2-0, we feel great. Um, and then the second half starts. And, of course, you know, <laughs> lapse of focus, whatever you want to call it, they were able to score twice. Now, both of these were... I mean, technically, yes, you can blame some man marking or uh, everyone not being on this, the same page. But the first one, which was just a, a, a long ball that that broke the back line, and then uh, Barrel in the 59th minute was able to to really just bring it down, and then with the the, the second touch after that, hit a really really nice chip shot. I mean, that's that's really classic Jake Kington FIFA stuff right there, but <laughs> but. It, it's it's very hard to blame. You could blame, you know, LGP or Shawcross for, for maybe not being there. Really tough to, to blame McCarthy in this situation because it was just perfectly up and over and couldn't even get a hand to it. And then again, you know, the, we talked about the, the the second goal at the, the top of the episode, but Nick Hagelin, and he's like the, the Cincinnati kid, right? He was one of their first initial signings, and they were basically hyping him up as like the the the, the – you know, he's from Cincinnati, born and raised there. So they were hyping that up as, you know, the the, the kid of the city or however you want to want to word it. But he came in like a, a flying maniac, just blasted the ball with his head. I mean, I don't know what keeper could stop something moving that fast with, with that short of a reaction time. And it was at that moment where I kind of like my shoulders dropped a little bit. I was like, shit, here we go again. You know, another game we're just going to let slip by. And going back to last season in this, those situations, the team the team just gave up. They really did. These bowls, Both these goals were, were tough. They, they happened, um, you know, like within like 25 minutes of each other. So it just seemed like everything was going wrong. But, but with a new look and some substitutions, we played well for the most part as a unit. And we were able to, to stay focused. Uh, long ball down to Lewis Morgan, who gets just crushed. Lewis has been getting crushed the past couple of games. I hope he's not dealing with any like bruising or anything. He gets crushed, somehow falls like over the ball and kicks it out. Gonzalo gets it. Now he's got Carranza on his right. And outside of that, you've got Lewis Morgan, who had gotten up in that short time frame. 
Uh, I'm sure Carranza just wanted to touch the ball in that situation, but Gonzalo Higuain runs up before he gets to the 18-yard box, dishes over Lewis. He continues running. Lewis continues running. Beautiful cross. Perfectly placed cross in front of all the defenders, and then Gonzalo was able to get a foot to it, which honestly could have been a, an injury, I think, as you mentioned, if that that went bad, probably one inch or to the to the left or the right, but just blasted that ball in. And Chloe just opened the door because she let the dog out and I just started screaming. So she was just like startled in front of the door, like, what the hell is wrong with you? But man, it's an emotional roller coaster over here. Lots wrong with you, sir. But (laughs) we won't get into that. That's a new pod. But you know what's nice? Let's think about this. I was like, you know, it's nice not to give up a goal like five minutes after scoring one, right? Like that has been a trend that we have shooken off this year, and I'm happy about it. It's nice to score a goal within five minutes of conceding one. Well, let me ask this. Because that's what happened. Hagelund scored in the 82nd minute, and Gonzalo brought it back in the 85th. I think we only had one game last year that we had three goals in the same game. Uh, Definitely Orlando. Yep, that was the one. I think you're right. Yeah, I think that was just the Orlando City match. And that was two by Carranza with that beautiful little rainbow bop and that little one-time beauty from Pizarro. Yeah. It was the first win at Inter Miami Stadium. Yeah, big-time, memorable moments. Good and day. I guess, I mean, looking at the goalkeeper, last part of our backline unit here, I mean, you know, there's flashes. Listen, man, there's, there, there's flashes of John. John. It's never been a question of, is John a good goalkeeper? It's just, is John a starting goalkeeper? I mean, you know, Minute 37, he saved a shot, stuck his hand on the right, blocked it. I thought that was a for sure goal. I was already giving the one to uh, Cincinnati. But then, you know, on the other side of things, looking at the not so hot part of this whole thing, he is tied for third in the MLS with nine goals given up to date. So mm-hmm. the dude is allowing a lot of goals. That is not the statistic that you want to be high for. Um, and some of it's just poor positioning, honestly. Well, I think a lot of it too is poor positioning is a big part of it, but honestly, we got to do a better job in just getting the ball out and moving yeah. it quicker, yeah. right? There's so many times that we see, especially being at the games, right? I think it's just the full, like, you know, adrenaline and atmosphere and everyone's yelling something, but you can really recognize it on the pitch where, you know, John will get the ball, he'll push it outside, you know, wide to like a Learjum or Joven Jones, something like that, or a Yoya, and then the ball will reverse back to John Mm -hmm. and John, it's like a five second delay of like, what am I doing here? Where am I going? And it's a blatant miss on the reverse counter where you can hit Gregory or Matuidi on the backside and you got nothing but pay dirt. So, you know, that's been something that has been sticking out when you watch John is just that, 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 I guess, inability to quickly move the ball around and switch the direction there for the formation of the team that we're playing. So, you know, but it's everywhere. It's not just with, with the back line and, and McCarthy. It's anyone that gets pressed, just like freaks out and loses their cool and then makes it an ill-time pass It's everyone. or just tries to get a long ball. No one can just turn and say like, where's the easiest outlet I have right now. But also we're not moving to create those outlets for yeah. one another is a big part of it too. And I think the reason why it's so glaring when you see what John is because it, it tends to be when he picks up the ball, right? So play mm-hmm. kind of stops. So now you can see the defense readjust to what's going on on the actual field mm-hmm. and then play commences. And then you know that the, you know, part of their strategy, right? Like, you know, if we're watching it, they know that this is it. So now what we're going to start to deal with is teams playing heavy press on our back line. They know that we're, we are, we are sketchy with this ball and we are 
vulnerable to make mistakes. And there was a couple points in this game that, you know, we were actually pretty damn lucky that turnovers didn't turn into goals. So certainly something to keep an eye on. And I mean, you know, Jay, one thing I haven't seen uh, in a few weeks here was actually the, uh, the John Cena, you can't see me mm -hmm. motion by uh, John McCarthy. I don't know if someone, uh, you know, maybe Joseph Martinez gave him one of those after the end of the match, but uh, haven't seen too much of that. You know what I just realized? Breck shades. Well, first off, we need to stop the <laughs> the John Cena thing. <laughs> maybe it's John McCarthy. So the, they share the same name, John. I don't know. That's that's not that's porn taste. But Breck's little celebration, he's throwing up an L. Is he, is he declaring himself the Lizard King? Wow. You think so? Is that the lizard point? I don't know. We need more. I think you got to ask Congo, man. We need more information. Someone needs to, to, to confirm with us. Is that lizard king related? <laughs> I need to know this now. Well, can we not figure this out now and maybe like wrap up the show? And Sure. Sure we can. Um, before I get into my closing thoughts, uh, completely break away do some fun here power rankings hey we're up two spots from 20 to 18 good job boys keep turning in the right direction anyway back to my closing thoughts thanks for coming to my ted talk <laughs> the announcers mentioned cincinnati is zero in 35 games when they give up the first goal and when they said that i was like Shit. shit of course yeah, we're gonna be the ones that they break the streak on not that same thing yeah because it was like that was after it's like tied 2-2 or whatever and uh well, good news is now they're 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 zero and thirty six when giving up the first goal. Um, the team needed to win. Uh, the fans needed. La Familia needed this win. But it's just Cincinnati. We get it. But we do have two winnable games that are coming up. I want to see us piece together uh, a winning streak, and I did like what I saw. Credit to Phil Neville for making the adjustments he needed after that horrible midweek game against Montreal. And I'm just really proud of the boys for not giving up after conceding that second goal. You know what I had? I thought of, dude, like one of those kind of like shower moments where you're just like thinking of God knows what. Mm -hmm. you know, imagine. Just spinning fire bars in the shower. Totally, dude. Right, right, right in between the Tupac and Biggie Smalls, you know, uh, rap songs. But what I was thinking, imagine Boston and Clay, dude, going through this like roller coaster of emotions from the FC from the FC Cincinnati podcast. Oh yeah, yeah. Where they yeah. must have been just through the roof. And if you guys didn't listen to our little spot on those, sad. those guys are hilarious. When they come down, we're definitely got to do a show with them because they're great. And man, I'm, just yeah, I've not laughed that hard in like any I don't think interview or, or collab we've done. I mean, the Cooligans had his giggling, but like just pure, just like. Just cheeky, cheeky jokes, those, man. Those guys were funny as hell. Yeah, they were probably sad. Then like, okay, yeah. we could do it. Oh my gosh, we're gonna do it. Then three <laughs> minutes later, just shattered again. Yeah, they knew it was coming too. I mean, it's not often that you jump on, you know, a, a different podcast and they go ahead and submit the L right off the bat. But mm -hmm. those guys, those guys were a good time. And I mean, you know, one thing that was kind of funny that I I wasn't ever expecting to see was it just seemed like Cincinnati was complaining more than we were and. That rarely happens. So, you know, maybe the bobblehead has to go ahead and pass it over to Cincinnati this week. But uh, I think I think that's some trend that we should stick with, right? Like, what if we just didn't, like, get after the ref, you know, for a game and just, like, <laughs> maybe just play the match and see what happened, right? Who knows? Yeah, maybe. Maybe it's just, like, a new uh, new thought for us. But the but... refs constantly do screw us over. Whatever, so screw these damn refs. <laughs> <laughs> well, that is true, sir. But this actually gets 
into my favorite part of the show and we've been keeping track of it. <laughs> we talk about it all the time, but we're talking about yellow card allocation. Where are we at with it, bud? Where are we at right now? We have a bunch of players <laughs> with yellow cards. I'm talking. <laughs> Damn, dude, Gregory has that many. Yeah, we got seven players. We got seven players on this club with yellow cards right now. Let me go ahead and start from least to most. Because, you know, might as well go from descending to ascending order. All right, number seven, Edison Ascona has one. Sammy Gadiri has one, which it was a yellow, but the dude played super well. And I mean, hey, it was all right. He just mistimed it. Number three, Jay Chapman with one yellow card. Oh, shit, I'm sorry. There's actually eight players. I didn't see this. Both Iguain. So <laughs> I was counting one, but it's actually two. So both Federico and Gonzalo have yellow cards. Blaise Matuidi has one. And then we jump up quite significantly to our top two, which is Gregory and LGP, both with four yellow cards apiece. Well, um, <laughs> tell you, I'm not surprised with OGP. A little surprised with Gregore. And... uh and you're really going to like card up this <laughs> this 17 year old player as Kona? Come on, man. Yeah, I know, right? Well, honestly, it was against Dax McCarty, too. So, like, who gives a shit? Yeah, right. But uh, right now, Gregory and LGP are sitting one yellow card away from having to take a suspension from an MLS regular season match, as well as $250. They, they really <laughs> got to check that up, man. <laughs> That's so damn petty. <laughs> they got to check that up to like 250 That is 2500 That is embarrassing on God. the MLS's part. Yeah, make that at least 2500 Like, even as. Cone is like laughing at that today. Yeah, he's like, sure. With his 60K he's making as a 17-year-old. Yeah, sure. Take this 250. I'm not even paying rent. I'm living with mom and dad. Oh shit. Well, listen, that's after five yellow cards, right? So five yellow cards gets you a suspension and two hundred fifty dollars fine. <laughs> do, do they do you want me to write a check? Do you take Venmo? Like that is just Betty. Government's even like, I don't even care. Yeah. But Bro, I get more of my stimulus check. So three yellow cards after those five right so now we're at eight total yellow cards over the season so this is very much going to happen within our next few games here for a few <laughs> we, players nico better get back here quick because we're about to be out even more <laughs> well get this you are suspended for another mls regular season match and check this out jay you are fined five hundred dollars this time <laughs> hey at least those are rookie numbers you gotta pump those up mls it's gonna still laughing to the bank man let's go let's get up there come on bud all right so now hey now say you get three more yellow cards right so now you're up to 11 and i gotta say we have a high probability that two of our players hit this during the regular season so if you have 11 yellow cards that is a seven hundred and fifty dollar fine. If you mm. can catch this theme, yep, that's a it's, whole it's Xbox. Two hundred and fifty dollars every three. So really not that bad. You're really looking like seventy five bucks per yellow card. So might as well go swing away. Anyway, there's next, more. There's yeah. more. <laughs> it just keeps going, man. Like you get two more yellow cards, right? So now we're at thirteen. You are fined $1,000, and it continues to the third and the fifth incident. You get the idea. It's super, super cheap to get yellow cards. You're just really screwing us while you're doing it. But <laughs> like, right, like, is, they give you like a night of like home incarceration as well. You might get a night at the Holiday Inn. But there is a good 
behavior incentive, right? They actually have to incentivize good behavior. And when I read this rule, I nearly pissed myself. But the player will automatically reduce his yellow card accumulation total by one yellow card each time he appears in five consecutive matches without receiving a yellow card, red card, or any disciplines. And I said, there is no way LGP is not going five games without picking up a card. Do they then pay you $250? It's a good question. That they should. Because, but it says, or any disciplines. So if you're a defender, good luck playing through a whole game without one foul being called. <laughs> Man, this, just get, this is too great. They this really is... got to revisit these rules. If you're up for 13 yellow cards and you're getting fined $1,000, like something's just wrong with that. You're better off stabbing someone. <laughs> like there's less of a penalty if you stab someone in a game anyway ra wrapping up uh this is a, a better game for us obviously we gave it the lead but fighting back you know really shows uh, signs of character so let's keep it rolling let's get these uh another win let's make it two in a row let's go on a little win streak here uh yeah we're gonna be talking about the worst branding in the league barely etching out columbus's cruise columbus cruise horrible horrible rebranding but we're only talking about chicago fire it's literally like my four-year-old son could draw a better crest anyway take us away chicago fire we got a match saturday that is the 22nd of may at 6 p.m so that's a pretty good time saturday at 6 p.m we are going to play an away match in chicago so we're playing the chicago fire they have one point four l's and one tie on the regular season this team is not good at all don't in jinx fact us. they are last in the mls with goal total there's three goals total that they have scored thus far this year in five games that is not good they are also tied for second in the league with most goals given up with 10. it's a pretty so they're one spot ahead of us <laughs> yeah it was like this is a pretty good winning combination though like if you're not scoring goals and you're giving goals up okay that's what we want to see. All right, few impact players that they do have. Uh, Luka Sjanovic, midfielder, two goals, only 274 minutes played. Boris Sekulic, midfielder, two assists, 450 minutes played. And I love this name, Bobby Shuttleworth. He's their goalie, 17 saves, 26 shots faced, zero shutouts. Let's go out, get our first win in front of fans. Not our fans, but we'll get it. And with that, that brings you and me and everyone else to the end of the show. We appreciate you from stopping by. We are the Inner Miami Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, go ahead and give us five stars on Apple Reviews. Click subscribe. Tell your friends. Tell your families. Tell everyone's. We're coming to a headset near you soon. Go ahead and follow us on all of our social medias, Facebook, Instagram, at Inner Miami Podcast, Twitter, at Inner MIA Podcast. Go ahead, hit us up, shoot us a follow, shoot us a DM, do your thing, and check out Pink Smoke. All hail the Lizard King, as we end every single episode. Vamos, Miami! Vamos, Miami!